speechifying to beat the band, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A nitpicking podcast if there ever was one. As a child, he tried to build a snowman out of rain, Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. We are ever so happy to have you with us. And um, I am here, your expert, Doug Jones, to uh, carry the the water for the Medicare, uh, the Medicare um, government program that helps protect people from outrageous medical bills once they've gotten to be in the older echelon of uh, the population. Uh, you might have heard my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, announced that I was going to be here today, and that's that's what I do every episode. So um, I am here primarily because I want to help people feel comfortable and understand the process of transferring from Obamacare to Medicare. And one of the ways I do that is to encourage them to buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022. That's the version that's on sale at uh, barnesandnoble.com and also at amazon.com. If you go to either one of those websites and put in Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022, you're going to come up with a, uh, a book that is not going to bust the budget, but is going to, within a fairly short period of time, explain every important facet of Medicare that you're going to need to know as a future Medicare participant. Or you might already be on Medicare and some things confuse you and you'd like to know what the heck is going on with Medicare. What did I get myself into? Once again, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022 is just waiting for you. And we have uh, four different editions on Amazon. You've got uh, the hardcover version, which is suitable for gifting to your friends and relatives we have the paperback version which is a a very miserly eight dollar cover price and we have the kindle version which is less than four dollars if you have a reader an electronic reading device you can buy the uh, amazon supplied ebook and then of course we have the audible version if you don't feel like reading, but you still want to gather that knowledge together and stuff it inside your brain, then the audible version would be the uh, version of choice for you, the edition of choice for you. So I am here waiting patiently for Randy to play our 30-second radio spot that has been featured on some radio stations around the country. He normally does it when I uh, give him a period of silence and I have neglected to do that today. So let me clam up and let Randy play that 30-second uh, radio spot. Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Thank you, Randy. That is uh, 
fairly good explanation of what we're all about here. Medicare can be confusing, but you can find the answers you need by coming to Medicare for the Lazy Man. And uh, we always appreciate it when that happens. So Randy is sitting there having pushed that button. It looks like it wasn't too taxing for him. So let's see how he's doing today. How are things, Randy? Oh, they are absolutely peachy keen, hunky-dory, oh and all those other things that we never looked up last week to see where they came from. And we probably never will. We uh, remember them yeah. occasionally, and and then they fly away. Free association, that's what this podcast is all about. That's, that's it. Sometimes free association is the vast majority of what we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes the uh, content, the Medicare content is neatly structured and is laid out for us in uh, no uncertain terms, steps from A to B to C. And sometimes it's kind of seat of the pants. And as I told Randy earlier, these two episodes are going to be kind of seat of the pants, I think, because I haven't really organized my thoughts, but I, I had a bunch of things floating around in my brain that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to touch on. And uh, one of them was triggered by my new client. So I have on my, uh, my sheet, my notes that I gave to Randy, uh, the subject for today is my new client. My new client is 98 years old, and she's going to be 99 years old in, on Christmas Day of this year. So she's got uh, two months to go, and uh, she'll be having her 99th birthday. Well, God bless her. What state does she live in? Well, that's the rub. That's the complicating factor. She lives in Wisconsin. Now there. Oh, as, oh, as you, that's a that's a that's a painful problem. Absolutely, as you probably know from uh, hanging around with me all these years, that um, there are three states in the union that do not follow the typical Medicare supplement construction plan benefit construction and those three states happen to be massachusetts minnesota and wisconsin god knows how they escaped the federal government but the all the other states have the same medicare supplement plans and they're identical from one state to the next the two things that would vary would be the cost because some states have a friendlier insurance environment than others, and so the prices are lower. Uh, and then you might cross a state line, and all of a sudden, the cost is much higher because uh, there are a lot of suit-happy lawyers out there. And uh, so the uh, insurance companies have to charge more money in order to uh, continue to do business profitably in certain states. And Tennessee, if you're 65 years old in Tennessee and you want to get the plan, the Medicare supplement plan that I recommend for you, very often, depending on where you live in Tennessee, you will pay $25 a month for the best protection that money can provide or money can buy for you. And so that's just the nature of the thing in Tennessee. In other places, that coverage would cost you a whole lot more, like $70 a month. So it's kind of weird how these things work. The The rates, the insurance company rates, are based on uh, the legal environment that they operate in from one state to the next and their loss ratios. In other words, if they had a bunch of people and they all got sick and had a lot of medical bills and the insurance company had to pay exorbitant medical bills, their rates are going to go up because they've got to somehow make back that money so they can continue to operate profitably. 
And a good example of that is years ago, when I first uh, entered the Medicare world, the best plan available and the most uh, attractive plan was Plan F. Now, you never hear about Plan F anymore because all you youngsters were not around when Plan F was ruling the roost. It was the best thing going. Plan F paid for everything. If you had Medicare and you're paying a monthly premium for Medicare, and then you bought a Medicare supplement because Medicare has a bunch of co-insurance and co-payments and holes and flaws that will drain your finances. If you bought a plan F to fill in those holes and those gaps, that's why they call it a Medigap sometimes, you're going to have no out-of-pocket expenses at all for the whole year. Doesn't matter how sick you get, doesn't matter how many different bad things happen to you, plan F was the best thing going. Now, along the way, a few years ago, Congress decided that, hmm, you know, people that have Plan F don't have enough skin in the game. So since it doesn't cost them any money, they're overutilizing the Medicare services. They're going to hang out at the doctor's office just because they like medical treatment or they like to talk with doctors or something goes on. But the Plan F people were going to the doctor way too often for stupid reasons in the eyes of Congress. So they said, let's slow things down a little bit. Let's impose a Part B deductible that Medicare supplement plans will not ever pay starting, you know, from uh, this day forward, like January 1st, 2020. So if you were eligible for Medicare prior to January 1st, 2020, you could still and you can still buy a Plan F. But new people coming into Medicare, turning 65 in 2020 or beyond, and these are people that were born in 1955 or later, they are young and they are subject to the rule of having a Medicare Part B deductible that their Medicare supplement insurance will never compensate them for. So they're always going to have an annual deductible. And last year, that or in 2022, the deductible was 233 bucks. So you might go to the doctor and you might have a, um, a charge, uh, you know, because Medicare is going to pay the majority of it uh, after that deductible. So you might have a small charge that is applied to that deductible and you will never be compensated by your insurance company. Well, what about the people that had Plan F? Those people are getting older and older as time goes by, and they're getting sicker and sicker, and they're more likely to use the um, insurance benefits that Plan F provides. So what are the insurance company doing? They're saying, okay, our pool of people that are covered by Plan F is getting older, and they're getting sicker. There more and more of them are having medical expenses that we have to pay a portion of because Plan F is the richest plan going, the most comprehensive coverage going. And so what happens, the insurance companies raise their rates. Well, the smart young college graduate actuaries can see the handwriting on the wall that that pool of their clients covered by Plan F is not going to get younger and healthier. They're going to continue to get older and sicker and have more medical treatment that the insurance company has to pay a portion 
portion of. And so they raise the rates in anticipation of that. And so the rates for Plan F at most insurance companies are being increased by a lot of money and frequently. And they're getting to be very expensive. So what happens um, if somebody's got Plan F and they have gotten sick and they can't fill out a uh, health statement to the satisfaction of a, either their company or a different insurance company, they don't have the ability to change to a different plan or to a different company because they're underwritten. That's the uh, rub with Medicare supplement. It's the Cadillac of Medicare coverages, Medicare protection, but it is only available without proof of good health when you're first eligible. Anytime after that, you're going to have big trouble if you don't have a clean bill of health or a fairly clean. So you don't have to be perfect, but it's going to be a problem for you. And so you're going to be stuck with your plan F with the increasing cost, drastically, rapidly increasing cost. Now, what replaced plan F in the eyes of people who are younger and who are joining Medicare? Uh, they were born in 1955 or later. They have plan G, which has that non-covered part B deductible. Part B is for outpatient coverage for those who don't know. And right now the deductible, again, $233. So they're going to have to pay the first $233 of their outpatient medical expenses. And then Medicare is going to kick in and pay 80% and their Medicare supplement typically will kick in and pay 20% depending on the plan. So many people have part G because that is less expensive than F would have been. They're not allowed to get F because they're too young. Congress drew a line in the sand and said anybody uh, coming along after <clears throat> this date of birth is going to have to take a an annual deductible that will never be compensated by their insurance plan. And so Plan G is the uh, most comprehensive Medicare supplement plan available to the general public right now. And then I came along and started rocking the boat with Randy's help by discovering that high deductible plan G, which has a bigger deductible, but is so reasonably priced that one could barely resist the temptation to save all that money. Plan G might cost $180 in some places. It might cost $150. In some places, it might cost $120. Um, and then uh, the um, high deductible version of that plan would cost a great deal less. So what happens with um, with uh, people that are older is that they have a choice. As you age, your full-blown plan, your plan G, or your old plan F, if you're that old, is going to increase in cost pretty darn fast because you're getting older. All of the people that are your age are uh, needing more medical treatment than uh, they ever hoped they would uh, you know, get away without. And so the rates go up faster because the insurance company knows that big claims are going to come down the pike and they've got to write checks to pay for the medical treatment. Uh, plan G is pretty reasonably priced compared to Plan F, which most people can't get anymore. But Plan G is going to have rate increases that come along faster, and they're going to push that price higher more quickly. If you have a high deductible Plan G, 
Two things happen. First of all, you save a whole bunch of money. Secondly, since there's a high deductible, you're worried about, oh, God, I'm going to have to write a check if I ever get sick. I'm going to have to write a check for this year, $2,490. That's the deductible on the high deductible plan. But that's not really the case because how much money did you save? Let's say that you saved um, oh, $100 a month. That's $1,200 a year. So your high deductible would not be $2,490. It would be $1,290. And so then you have to say to yourself, what if I don't get sick? I don't want to pay those high premiums all year long. And then if I don't get sick, that's money gone, wasted. It's out the door. It's given to the insurance company. And I didn't get any benefit for it because I never got sick. I didn't have any big time medical bills. So what you would have had is um, big time savings if you had gone with a very attractively priced Medicare supplement plan uh, or a high deductible Medicare supplement, which Randy has named a high value plan. High deductible sounds scary. High value is more accurate because it is really valuable to have a medical plan that doesn't cost you more than you should have to pay. So let's say that you're healthy You've got the high deductible Medicare or high value Medicare supplement. You're going to pay a lot less money. Now, let's get back to my new client here and see how this all worked to her advantage. She is 98 years old. She's going to be 99 in a couple of months. She had a plan. She was apparently a um, uh, an instructor, a uh, professor at the University of Wisconsin Medical School. That's what I'm getting from uh, her nephew or great nephew, my uh, friend, my friend called me and said, Hey, I've got a problem. My aunt is um, going to be losing her coverage. That's been provided as a retirement benefit by her ex employer that she retired from, which is the university of Wisconsin medical school. So having been an instructor, a professor there, uh, she was given lifetime uh, Medicare supplement so Medicare came along, and I don't know, I guess she has to pay her monthly premium for Medicare, which would be $170.10 this year. And then uh, all the holes and gaps and everything else had to be plugged by something. Well, what the University of Wisconsin did was they gave her a Medicare Advantage plan. So it replaced Medicare and caused her to have, I guess, pretty excellent coverage. It must have been a high quality plan. But after all these years, I don't know what age she retired, probably 20, 30 years ago, all of a sudden they notified her that that plan is going to go away. So everybody that's covered by that plan, they're out in the cold. And that's what Medicare Advantage plans can do. They come into a market, they buy up a bunch of uh, clientele, and then they eventually either go broke or something bad happens and they wind up folding up or going under or having contract disputes with their doctors or hospitals. Any number of bad things can happen. This is why I encourage people, don't even consider buying a Medicare Advantage plan because it can change out from under you at a moment's notice, and they don't have any responsibility to tell you that. So this lady uh, got a notice in the mail that she was going to lose her medical coverage. Now, with a Medicare Advantage plan, that took away Medicare and gave her this plan that she's had all these years. Well, now, if the plan goes away, which is what they've notified her they're going to do, she has no Medicare, and she has no uh, way to pay for all the things that Medicare 
charges a deductible for and coinsurance for and everything else. So we have to scramble to help this woman enroll in Medicare and then get a Medicare supplement, which is the Cadillac of health insurance for people on Medicare. And so I went to several companies to see what the quotes would be because I wanted this woman to have a comprehensive but reasonably priced plan. And uh, I wasn't sure what her advanced age would do to the rates. And the uh, three rates that I found from excellent, highly rated companies were uh, (laughs) outrageous for the Medicare plan, or excuse me, Medicare supplement plan G, the one that is the richest possible. And they were even more outrageous for plan F, which she could have because of her age. She was born before 1955. So she legally could have plan F, but the rates for plan F are just outrageous. If, um, if they, if she saved uh, $300 a month by getting a plan G instead of a plan F, uh, 300 times 12 be $3,600. The plan F would cost like $4,000 a year more. So there was no rational reason to get a plan F at all. Plan G would be the way to go. But if your plan G at that age costs, let's say 380 bucks, well, then let's look at high deductible plan G. Well, it turns out that the best rate I could find was from my favorite company, uh, a Texas company that doesn't do any Medicare Advantage plans at all. It is uh, $68 a month. And when I called my friend back and I told him I can get her excellent coverage for $68 a month, he said, well, what's the catch? That's too good to be true. There's something screwy going on. Tell me what I'm missing. What don't I understand? And what I said was she could buy the best plan that covers everything possible. And the most reasonable price I could get her would be 300 and I think it was $350 per month. And he said, well, you know, she can afford that because she's on a pension from uh, uh, having been a professor at the University of Wisconsin Medical School. But she wouldn't want to pay that, would she? Well, no, she would rather pay less if she can get high quality coverage. And I said, okay, how about if she paid $68 a month and she put almost $300 into her sock drawer or her underwear drawer or under her mattress every month? Uh, then what would you think about that? And he said, well, you know something, she goes to the doctor all the time. She's uh, always either at the doctor's office or at the emergency room based on her advancing age. He said, I don't want to take any chances on her having to cough up a whole lot of money. And I said, you're not really listening to me. I said, let's do this again. If she were to pay $350, she would have the most comprehensive coverage that the money or that the market affords and uh, she would be fully covered and she would never have any extra bills. But let's suppose there's a month or two here and there when she doesn't go to the doctor, doesn't go to the emergency room or doesn't have a medical problem. Wouldn't she rather pay $68 per month instead of $350 per month? I said, she can stash away almost $300. And if she has to reach in to pay the deductible because she has a lot of medical expenses, she's still going to be money ahead. There is no way that this doesn't work out in her favor. And he said, it's just crazy. Uh, His head was spinning. He couldn't understand how she could benefit from taking a big deductible, high value plan 
instead of a comprehensive, more expensive, full coverage plan and come out money ahead. But I told him it's guaranteed. She can't lose with this. And uh, I said, uh, you know, frankly, there are other examples, not many, where this has worked out to the uh, advantage of my clients. I have a couple in New York, and they said, okay, we're going on Medicare. We need Medicare uh, supplement plans. We don't want any of those damn uh, Medicare Advantage plans. And so uh, I said, well, let me do some quotes for you. And in New York, there is a kind of a negative legal environment for insurance companies. It costs them a lot more to operate. And so I found with my favorite company and the best rates going, the uh, Plan G, the full-blown Plan G that provides the best coverage available for people uh, of their age, would cost each of them $290 a month. The high deductible or high value plan G would have cost each of them $60 a month. And in New York, they can switch back and forth whenever they want to. So $230 times 12 is $2,700 of savings every year. But the deductible is only $2,490. So let's say $2,500. They're saving $270 every year by taking the cheap plan, the high-value plan, the $60 a month plan. If they had enrolled, like so many people do without thinking, and their agents don't tell them this because the agent gets compensated as a percentage of the premium they pay. So I could have told them, hey, if you pay $290, you'll have the best plan going. And they would have paid the $290, but they're better off paying $60, socking away the difference. And then if they have a medical expense, they have to pay part of that uh, expense because they have in, uh, coinsurance and a deductible and all that. Then they pull that cash out of their sock drawer or out from under their mattress and they have a bunch of cash left over that they haven't had to use for medical expenses. It doesn't always work out that way, but it worked out that way for my new client in Wisconsin, and it worked out that way for two clients in New York. Uh, big, big premium for the comprehensive plan that everybody is taught to ask for, but <laughs> better money management and uh, better uh, savings and lower cost for the high-value, high-deductible plan. So I am so happy to be able to offer that service to people. I've got so many clients that are using, uh, as Randy calls it, the high-value plan, that uh, I'm like a hero in some of these households. It's just fantastic. Well, Randy's flummoxed. He's looking at me like, oh, my God, are you going to ever stop talking? (laughs) Oh, that I mean, I love when the math works out for people. Uh, It doesn't always – I mean – not relating to the certainly not relating to the high value G plan, but math math in the world doesn't always work out for people. But it sure doesn't. You know, having been a banker, uh-huh. my favorite type of math is compound interest. Oh when yeah, come, when it's when it's coming my way, <laughs> or or as my father used to call it, the time value of money. Uh, oh, for yeah. the late for the layman, that's uh, and boy, it's been slim pickings for Americans over the last few years, hasn't it? It has been. It has been. Well, you know something, I've got a couple. You know, we haven't played stump the insurance expert Ooh, for a ouch, while. Ouch! Ouch! Well, I've I've healed from the last stumping, so let's go oh, ahead and let's go ahead and do may, that. 
you may have a chance on some of these. These are out of what I call the golden age of rock and roll. Oh, sounds like uh, right up my alley. So we are going to play. Let's see. What what should I call this? I have three items on a list, and they all happen to be rock band names. Okay. okay. And, I'll, right. and I'll tell you what they are. Iron Butterfly. Okay. Strawberry Alarm Clock. Uh-huh. And of so you're, course, you're in the, the hippy dippy era. I understand. Well, yes, yes. I yeah. I love these music. I love this music. And then there's one more who's certainly not the name of a band, but a but a performer par excellence, Neil Diamond. Oh, there you go. Okay, so you, did you hear all my Medicare Advantage alarms going off here? No, because I was yakking. <laughs> oh, when I'm okay. talking like that. I can't hear anything else that's going on. <laughs> okay, so. The stump the insurance expert part, and this is all related to insurance, believe me. I, I know it is somehow, shape, or form. You are need to tell me probably the most well-known song for each of those groups. Okay. So in your in your opinion, what would be the most well-known song to hit the charts for Iron Butterfly? Okay, that's gonna be in a Gata de Vida. Yes, which is was morphed from in the Garden of Eden because yeah. the the guy was completely drunk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I or, think, and, I, yeah. and I'm not sure it was because he's a wastrel. I think it was because they had a long session in the recording studio, and uh, they were all drinking beer or something while they were uh, playing over and over again recording the songs for that album. Yeah, and and the guy just was incapable of pronouncing in in the garden of eden it came out in agata de vida so in lies the reason we have in agata de vida now what's the most well-known song for strawberry alarm clock um incense and peppermint is the one that comes to mind first and i don't you really have any do you are doing very very well mr right. jones thank you sir he said blushingly now this is just Randy's personal opinion, but okay. what what is Randy's opinion of the most well-known song for Neil Diamond? I know this answer from our previous conversation before we started the recording session today, and that's going to be Sweet Caroline. Yes. Now, here's here's you can get two bonus points. I'm going to ask you a bonus question about each of those songs. I'm ready, ready and willing and able. How long did the original version of Inagata de Vida last when it was released on the studio album? Well, on the album, which would never have been played on a, a um, an AM Top 40 radio station, I'll bet you that thing lasted 17 minutes. You're right. You are absolutely right. Because 17, <laughs> 17 plus minutes. Well, you know, the whole thing was that uh, FM disc jockeys like uh, Johnny Fever on WKRP, those guys needed a smoke break occasionally. And so they would put on a song like Inagata de Vida just so they could go and smoke. And frankly, before you had to go outside to smoke, you could smoke right there in the studio. So uh, then the engineers started complaining because the uh, electronics got all gummed up. So yep. they they yep. wound up having to leave the studio, not because of any fake fears about uh, secondhand smoke causing cancer, because that's crap, uh, but just keeping the equipment operating properly, they would have to leave the studio to go smoke somewhere else. 
And last, so you are you are batting a hundred here or a thousand, I guess. Oh, I'm going to hit a brick uh, wall at some point. You know that. You may, you may not. So Neil Diamond's very, very popular, well-known song of "Sweet Caroline" uh-huh. was based on who? Oh, and I knew this. I used to know this. I think it was Caroline Kennedy. Is that possible? Yes. Yes. Oh man, it it, it was. He saw a picture of the then Caroline Kennedy and still Caroline Kennedy that very, I don't know just exactly what, how it happened, but it, it focused him in a way and it became an idea in his head. And he wrote Sweet Caroline for and about Caroline Kennedy. Now, the lyrics weren't written until many years later. Right, right. But how old now this we're getting down into the weeds now oh boy the the picture that he saw of caroline Uh kennedy that inspired him to write this song right how old was she i'm gonna say uh two years old oh boy okay ouch i knew that was coming i knew that was nine she was nine okay now to win to win all the chips yep all in, all the chips. Did Neil Diamond ever have a chance to sing that song personally to Caroline Kennedy? I'm going to say no. Well, you just lost the whole shooting <laughs> match. I shouldn't have said no. I was thinking that the <laughs> lyrics would not have been appropriate for an adult male who was inspired by a nine-year-old girl. So I would have thought he wouldn't have wanted to sing the song for her in person. Well, he did, and he sang it to her in person at her 50th birthday. Oh, no kidding. Well, that wasn't that long ago, was it? Or no. maybe, I, maybe well, I'm... Uh... It's, a, it's a little bit ago, but yeah, exactly. So anyway, you did very well. I, I think I'm going to have to give that one to you because I, in order to stump the insurance expert, I had to get so deep in the weeds that I was going to have to look up more information here shortly. Well, that was a fun game to play because I love rock and roll music from the 60s. And frankly, uh, uh, Neil Diamond, even, I like a lot of his stuff, although I was much more of an Inagata DeVita fan. He was, yeah. Neil was never drunk enough for me. I always liked it when they were a little bit screwed up. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I love all those. I love all those groups. So anyway, we have probably, we need to, you know, pitch our tent, pack it up yep. and go on because we've overstayed our, well, we've. Actually, we've overspent our budget for this recording. I'm, I'm time. sure people are throwing rotten vegetables at the at their uh, podcasting devices right now. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm pretty sure they are. So we need to thank our audience. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did because we. I love throwing out a few little, you know, tidbits here and there about the '60s and about the hippie era and back in the day when I actually wore an afro. Oh, um, I thought you were going to keep that under your hat. Well, so I'm never, I, I, I said I'm never going to send pictures. <laughs> okay, good, because I don't want to see one. I don't want to have that burned <laughs> into my brain. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to warn you if I ever if I ever bring that up on. I said, OK, now cover your eyes, Doug, because here it comes. But anyway, long story short is we need to thank you all for joining us. You could have been a thousand different places and you weren't. You were here with us listening and participating with us on the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, and we certainly enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us. You have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, 
the anti-insurance insurance guy from originally Oklahoma and now living up in the high mountain extremes behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his fortress of solitude at about today, oh, let's call it about 14.5. Oh, boy, it's hard to breathe, but thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye.